Welcome to the Urban Engine Podcast, propelling ideas forward. Hey guys, welcome to Urban Engine Podcast number 17. I'm Matt McClellan. I'm here with Trey Sharp and Tony Everhart. Trey, I've missed you. Can I just say that right here? Yeah, welcome back, Trey. And I, you, Matt. (laughs) I feel like I haven't seen you in like two months. Yeah, it's been uh, it has been a while uh, since the last recording, which was six. In fact, why are we not cuddling on the same couch right now for this (laughs) podcast? Um, because it would be awkward. I don't know. You sat next to me. That's not last time. You're like, hey, Matt. Oh, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we need to get a three person couch up in here and then we can just do the podcast in a row and we could just put lj right in the middle like yeah he must be our, our, our podcast <laughs> child <laughs> sorry too much love for trey over here yeah, but glad to have you back man thank uh, you good to be back really really miss your opinions i know you've had a lot going on in your businesses so yeah busy busy yeah yeah uh, uh, very busy lots of different plates spinning you know uh trying to keep them all spinning from none from hitting the ground and an analogy of uh you know like are you running between poles of a circus tent they're all falling and as soon as you get one up then you know another one starts falling you gotta go run to the next one and keep it up i kind of think about that like visually like a labyrinth maze or something <laughs> or like you're running the gauntlet you know and you're just trying to stay ahead of where the plates are falling as you go you know people are yeah. throwing spears at you and you're like no i'm gonna you're make like it. jumping over alligators as you go along yeah to catch the next yeah. uh, di- uh, ducking under flames and everything so yeah uh, but yeah, things are uh, things are going well. So I think um, you know, seeing some uh, some light at the end of the tunnel. So uh, so yeah, I, I certainly can't complain. Well, it, it's I am envious of you that you're able to say no more often than I am, and to say hey, I can't make the podcast with you guys because plates are going to stop spinning or falling, and I've, you've got that that balance of things to work out there that you do a better job of maintaining. I, on the other hand, I just. I, I try to stick out an extra appendage and hold that other plate. <laughs> and uh, days like today where I get another request from Tony, I'm like, I can't do it. Like, I, I just literally can't hold anymore, you know. Um, we've, we've talked a little bit about this topic before, but work-life balance is, is super tough. And it's super tough, too, especially when you're like a serial entrepreneur like yourself, right? And especially when you have a bigger burgeoning family like yourself. And, you know, even as long as you've been in business – um, you've got a lot of different things that you have to maintain some level of confidence with. Sure. And, you know, I'm glad that Tony brought this up because I saw yesterday where people were discussing like what they struggle with and someone who I had no idea would struggle with work-life balance posted work-life balance. Huh. And I was like, wow, that is incredible because I felt like she just had it all together. But it also oh, makes yeah. sense because I see how incredibly busy she is, like her mom and on the side, like all these things that she does and still trying to do a bunch of things really involved with the community and her family. And I'm like, man, okay, well, it makes sense that she struggles with work-life balance. Now, I just thought she had it all figured out. Um, and I think that, you know, we never really have it all figured out, but getting an understanding of where you're at, like you're seemingly more calm and less crazy than I am for the most part, right? So I want to know how you do manage it. I'm like, I'm like the duck where it appears calm above the water, but yeah. the legs are <laughs> paddling away underneath, right? Um, but, you know, I, I think kind of work-life balance and, and schedule management is sort of one of those things that you can talk about and, and you get lots of good advice on it that's like, you understand intellectually, you know, but like a lot of things uh, until it kind of, until you kind of learn the lessons the hard way, I don't think it ever completely sinks in. You know, I I think um, one thing that happens is 
really going back to when you're young, right? Like when you're a teenager, early 20s, mid 20s, you kind of have this sort of abundance of free time. You know, you're probably not like running a business at that point. You're, um, you're not married. You don't have kids or anything. So, you know, a lot of times your biggest problem at that age might be like, I'm bored or whatever, right? So you have this kind of surplus of free time. And then as you get older, you, you've taken on more and more responsibilities. But, you know, when you're young, you, you're willing to like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do that, right? Like, I've got time, so maybe that's something I can, I'll enjoy or I'll make some money with or whatever. And uh, But at a certain point, it kind of flips, you know, particularly as you start to get kind of a reputation and whatever your circles are for doing a good job with things or whatever it is, you kind of wake up one day and you're like, holy crap, you know, how did I get here? I mean, I'm signed up for all this stuff. I'm I'm doing all these things, and, and, and I'm not really getting anything done or you know at least you feel that way you probably are getting stuff done but you feel like i'm not really making any big progress or momentum in anything because i'm i'm dispersed over all these different things um so you know i think when you get to that kind of breaking point which i you know i probably did really probably six 12 months ago i, I don't know i was doing you know speaker series here i was ceo of a fast growing startup ceo of another business that is kind of an awkward sort of phase of like we're big enough to have a lot of stuff going on but we're not really you know we're like a 50 employee business um but we're not really big enough to like have dedicated like dedicated cfo and dedicated like hr people you know and all that kind of stuff so we're at this kind of size of a business where you get looped into lots of stuff and um there's also stuff i'm passionate about like urban engine and i got four kids you know growing up um I kind of learned a lesson from from my dad. He was an entrepreneur, and he was gone a lot when I was a kid. I mean, I got a great relationship with my dad today, but he was just gone a lot, you know. And so, um, I, you know, I promised myself a long time ago, I'm not gonna like be that dad, right? And, and he's always told me like, don't be, don't be that dad, because you'll regret it later, you know. And um, the same thing could be said with your spouse or, or whatever. So, um, but when you reach that point, you know, you say like, you've got all these things, you're like, how does this happen? What's the first question you ask yourself once you realize that? Oh, man. How did I get here? Okay. Well, <laughs> how did I get here? And so you're trying to filter through that, but, like, what, what's next? Like, what's the, the problem-solving side of that? Like, where does that direct you? You know, so for me, I, I've always um, – and, and, and I've always tended toward being very willing to delegate and so forth, so I can certainly see where – some people that are more hands-on than me could even get much deeper into this problem, you know. But so my, my immediate response was like, hey, I can't. Once you kind of digest, you know, you have a day or two freak out or whatever, as you normally do in any situation. And then once the dust kind of settles um, and you start trying to actually do some problem solving, I was like, well, you know, who can do a better job than me at these things? Or at least given the constraint around my time and me not being able to give full attention and energy to these things, who can maybe do a better job with these things, right? So, um, like speaker series, you know, you were a nat natural one to uh, um, step into that. Um, although talking about your schedule earlier, I don't know <laughs> how much longer you'll you'll want to do that. But um, you know, uh, and just kind of through whatever um, the universe, divine providence, whatever, I was lucky to find the kind of perfect fit for the Tango CEO role. Um, but um, so you, you kind of touched on two things there. You touched on like how you started to sort through that, but then you also kind of touched on how you got there in the first place, right? Like you, 
you, you said yes to all these things that you're passionate about. And even for me, like being today, like today, like I come in here feeling kind of crazy, like my my head is overflowing with things that I have going on right now. And part of it is that I have said yes. Like when you said, hey, I need to offload my plate. Do you mind taking over the speaker series? I was pumped to do it. Like you and I had an hour and a half conversation about it. And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. And then I find myself today tapped <laughs> a little thin with a meeting last week yeah. for a warm up and questions to get to the speaker. And then tomorrow's the speaker event. And I'm it leaving out of town like Thursday lot, morning. Right? And it doesn't sound like a and, lot. And, 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 and that's a good example, I think, of how most things are, especially as you carry forward this mentality from when you were younger. You think, oh, well, you know, it's really just a couple hours a month, right? Like, you know, that's or, it. Or, or signing up for a board somewhere. You know, I know you're on a couple boards. I'm on the Urban Engine board. It's really easy to be like, oh, well, you know, that's just an hour once a month, right? And But then when you start thinking about, like, you know, travel time, dealing with other issues along the way. Well, and you nickel really and dime your the, time. You nickel yeah. and dime your own time, and suddenly those add up. And those nickel and dimes are now dollars of your time. Yeah. And you only have so many dollars of time you can spread around, you know. So, and, so I think one of the best pieces of advice to carry into anything is uh, whenever you say yes to anything, um, realize you're saying no to something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and – to come back to like when you're younger and you have the surplus of free time, well, you know, that, cu- that couple hours you're giving up, maybe you're just giving up a couple hours worth of playing Fortnite or whatever, right? But, you know, when you're older, that couple of hours uh, and you're more established, got more things going on, that, that might be a couple hours less with your family. It might be a couple hours less of working out. There might be a couple hours less of working Sleep. on your business. And you spread that over five or six different kind of little ventures, you know, that you've signed up for. And um, I don't know, I, you know, you just realize – you start to realize uh, how little time you actually have, how no, little disposable and, time. And, you know, you Brandon made have. a really good point one time. He was making, like, I don't remember if it was weekly trips to Montgomery. I think it was weekly trips to Montgomery. And he had a driver hired to Montgomery. And I'm like, oh, you're fancy, right? <laughs> and, he, and he's like, no, man, that is five hours yeah. of time that I lose a week if I don't have that happen. Right. And so, you know, that was really important to him to have that five hours back. And, like, increasingly more, I realized that, you know, I was recently talking to somebody about changing a commute between Madison and Decatur, you know, several years back when I got that eight hours a week back, oh. I almost didn't know what to do with myself back <laughs> then. Now I would love to have that eight hours, right? <laughs> because that would, that would give me so much extra time or maybe just a second to breathe. Like that would be great. A second to breathe, which I don't have anymore. But I think that you hit the nail on the head when you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. But most people look at this, um, from a homebound perspective of, you're neglecting family for the work life. But a lot of times it can go a lot of different directions. Like for me more recently, I was like, I'm neglecting my absolute nutrition team. They need me more. They need more from me than what I'm giving them right now. And I'm not giving them enough of my time, but I'm spread very thin. So I've got to do a better job of managing my time between apparel lab, between make a wish, between absolute nutrition, between urban engine, between McDab, (laughs) like, and between a relationship and fitness in the gym. Like, there's a lot of things right there. And, you know, everybody thinks they're busy or people think that they understand that you're busy. You're like, oh, no, you're busy, but this. And it's like you really don't understand what the busy is and what the busy breaks down to. Yeah. And if I showed you my schedule of how I spend my hours, you might freak out. Like six hours of sleep is in there most nights, maybe four and a half a couple times. There's training at least eight, eight hours a week, you know, and then there's all of the other things. And You know, the reason why I do unsafe things like send emails while I'm driving is because I have to have those 20 minutes two to three times a day 
five days a week because that, those are hours. Those are literal hours that if I were to sit down somewhere, I wouldn't get back and I couldn't accomplish the next thing. And I think that's when you do have that conversation with yourself, Trey, that you say, how did I get here, right? And then where, where do I have to kind of refine back or how can I refine back and offload some of this? Because I think what ends up becoming the real problem there, not just that you're like sending emails while you're, you know, and I know you don't drive slow. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm also freaking out about that right now. That's also yeah. how I gain time don't, back, guys. Come don't, on. Don't, don't do this at home, listeners. Please don't email uh, me ever again. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I think uh, I, I lost my, say I lost my train of thought there thinking about Matt driving down the road uh, right. at 100 miles an hour. Right. With Tony will literally call me and be like, are you driving right now? You can call me back. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm it's like, fine. Whatever like, it is, it is, is not that Is that your engine important. revving in the background? Yeah. Yes, it is, Tony. I got to be somewhere. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, so, so I, I think what ends up becoming the real problem is, and Andy Smith, said the uh, Daily Burn founder, current Urban Engine board member, uh, said to me a while back, and I think he got this from a Sheryl Sandberg piece somewhere. Um, that you can really only be truly good at a couple of things. Like you can only be really good at a couple of things. Like, and, and the areas you can pick from are like family, fitness, work, uh, hobbies, friends, whatever. And that's a whole other thing, like trying to have friends as an adult and all that, right? But, um, you know, and, and I, I think there's a lot of truth to that, you know? Like you can be sort of good or be kind of average in a bunch of different things, but if you want to like be really good at something, you end up having to kind of pick, like, I'm going to mm-hmm. focus on this thing and that thing, right? Or otherwise, you just kind of have to accept, um, you know, maybe getting pretty good to average results in a bunch of areas. So, you know, that was something I had to kind of grapple with of, like, you know, hey, I can be average all these different places, or I can try to pick um, a couple of places and, and hopefully be really good at those, you know? And, and so what are your priorities then out of what you got going on? Uh, How do you, you know, list it? My, I mean, my family, uh, my wife and kids are, are my biggest, um, priority cause I, I've seen so many folks and I was actually just meeting with somebody, um, that I'm advising the other day that I gave this advice to, too. You know, I, I see so many folks in entrepreneurship that just kind of pour everything into that, you know? And, and I think, it's really easy to kind of lose your soul in the process as years go by and, and people close to you maybe feel neglected or, or whatever. And, and I don't know, I, I think a lot of us come into life, we're trying to fill some kind of hole somewhere, right? Like we, and, and we think that, oh, uh, well, when I make a certain amount of money or when I, you know, get a certain amount of people know my name or I have a certain amount of reputation, then that's gonna like um, fill the hole on some level. But I think a lot of people, uh, you know, chase that rainbow and they get there and they have a lot of regrets about how they got there, you know, because they realize that they get there and they realize that they're really not any happier than they were. You know, there's a there's a folk singer uh, named Todd Snyder that has a lyric uh, that I always think about when you see like the Kate Spade suicide, Anthony Bourdain suicide. And it was the, the lyric is uh, uh, the fame don't take away the pain. It just pays the bills. And uh you know, I think there's probably a lot of truth to that. So, you know, for me, I, I, I'm really focused on my family, and then I'm really focused on work. Uh, specifically these days, sharp communication. I'm focused on second as really a means to provide for my family, and then the kids long term, and all those sorts of things. Um, but I mean, it, it, it's very easy, I think, for a parent to say like, I want to put family first because that is definitely how you feel. Mm-hmm. But as far as your other projects, like 
do you ever really feel like one stands above the other or do you love them all equally? And, and so it makes mm. it where you actually have to make a conscious choice rather than be like, oh, well, this is an easy thing. We put it on the scale, that one weighs heavier, right? I don't think it's that easy. I, mm. I think that everything weighs, like I love doing all these things. Like I love committing this time to the gym. I love committing to helping people and meeting with them. I love committing to Urban Engine and doing these things. I love my businesses. Like that's why I'm involved in them. You know, I, I like all of these things. and. I also love the relationship side over here. Like, and I like to get enough sleep to function as a normal human. Like (laughs) I I love a lot of things. Right. And I would also love some free time. Um, but I, I don't make the, you know, I think that how you prioritize comes down to a conscious choice more than just a simple, put it on the scale and let's see what should rank higher. Right. I mean, your family would rank higher. I would say nine times out of 10 for most people, right? Unless you're the younger entrepreneur that doesn't have the family that can just go all in and cast relationships aside and say business, business, business. Mm-hmm. And I think that for a lot of people, that's that's all they can do. But the other ones, you've got to make that conscious choice, right, Tony? Yeah, I, but I don't, I don't think it's that simple either. I mean, that what you just said is not simple, but what I'm speaking to specifically is entrepreneurs obviously putting their family and their relationships first in theory that sounds really great but does it happen for most people I don't think that it does because once you find that thing as an entrepreneur that you are so passionate about and that you are so goal oriented around it is so easy for relationships to fall to the wayside even if you love that person sure or those people. Well, and, yeah. I, and I think it's easy It's easy to also, for the entrepreneur to say, oh, well, I'm doing this for my family, right? That's right. why I'm working yeah. 12, 14, 16 you, you're hours You're exactly day. right. And, right. And, and so I guess... But, I, yeah, and I, that kind of comes back to the, I think we touched on in the brand, one of the Brandon episodes about the love languages thing, right? Like, does that person, is that really what they even want, right? Is for you to provide material, whatever. Maybe they want your time, you know? And... and you, you go off and spend 12, 14 hours a day working on building a business. Maybe they're not there five, 10 years from now, you know? Um, well, and I think you see that a lot too with a lot of like high level, very exposed on uh, CEOs as well. You've seen like the Elon Musk has been through a few uh, marriages at this point. You've seen a lot of other famous entrepreneurs that have been through those things. Steve Jobs too was heavily scrutinized for um, even his, his child in early, yeah, uh, I, I don't just think they were ever married, but yeah. you know, that he neglected for the business early on. And so when I say it's easy to, to focus on those things, I guess, I mean, if you were to say it out loud, you would say those are your priorities, right? Right. But like I wonder if you asked Steve Jobs time. whenever he was a new parent, if he was interested in prioritizing his family life. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe he was so out there that he would have said that's not a priority at this time. I think he absolutely would have said that just knowing his personality and like studying Steve Jobs for so many years. Like, I don't think he even thought about that twice. Like it was very much, uh, a fire he had to put out just like every other problem that arose in business for him. So it's understanding what the motivation is behind it then. Like, I, I guess what I'm saying is that I think it's easy for a lot of us to justify the choices that we make and the trade-offs that we make to your point, Trey, about every time you're saying yes to one thing, you are really saying no to something else. I think it's easy for some people who set their sights on a goal to let that easily justify the indirect impact that you have on other areas of your life that you may say are are a priority, but really ultimately you're not prioritizing you're not putting the precious resources that are the most important which is your time right so you're earning money but you're not giving them your time and your mental availability most of us kind of end up in this uh, 
we end up kind of chasing the urgent instead of the important, you know, like, um, right. I don't know, you have something that seems like a fire at work or whatever. It's really not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Like a month from now, nobody's going to remember it. But that's you feel like you have to deal with it. Man, that's why I hate notifications. Like, and yeah. I minimize notifications <laughs> because it will grab my attention like nothing else. And then suddenly my mind is spiraling down this staircase that doesn't even matter. Right. You know, so that's why mm-hmm. I like have everything off other than like text, phone, and email. Yeah, me yeah. too. So, okay, Matt. So now I'm going to ask you the question that you want us to answer for you. Tear is, me apart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you've got a lot going on, and so how do you get it all done? How, do, how What does work-life balance look like for you? Is there balance? I, I don't think that I have complete balance right now, and, like, that's why. So currently the scope of Matt's life is, you know, helping with the podcast here in the speaker series with Urban Engine. Like Thank those, you. Those are our focuses with, with Urban You're Engine awesome. for sure. Keep doing that. I'm trying. Prioritize that. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, I'm, I'm working with right now, like putting together a wish party for a wish kid with Make-A-Wish that's coming up here very soon in a few weeks. Um, I've got a bachelor party that I leave for Thursday morning early. Um, and then my birthday's next week. So we're going to a festival the following weekend. Meanwhile, I've got very uh, some big clients needing things priority right now under apparel lab that were like last minute things they made requests for so i'm organizing that i'm also trying to revitalize and uh push new initiatives inside of absolute nutrition with my management team which is what part of my morning was spent doing today um on top of also shopping for a house right now switching accountants you just moved no and and (laughs) switching accountants right now you know and then i've also got a board meeting tonight for mcdab so it's okay putting out a event on next month it's overwhelming all right like just listening to and i had this i had a moment this morning where someone was like hey how's it going tony what's new and i then said what was new and at the end of it like i was did they sigh? Vi- they visibly, like, they were like, are you okay right now? And I was like, actually, <laughs> just listening to all the things that came out of my mouth, you know? No, no I'm yeah. not okay. So it's overwhelming for me to hear about all the things that you take on. And I would think that, you know, I admire you for everything that you say yes to. And I admire you, Trey, for everything that you say yes to and that you do in the community. But is it overwhelming for you? And, you know, I, I really want you to be fully transparent in a- answering that question because you, we have listeners that like need yeah. to hear the answer. No, it's it's a hundred percent overwhelming. Like I think I've had anxiety for the last five days, like truly, like not just like saying like oh, I'm uh, I'm anxious about this. I'm talking like crippling level. The other day I didn't know what to do. Level of anxiety. Yeah. You know because mm-hmm. I just had so much going on and I got overwhelmed and I didn't I didn't even know where to start next. And you know, uh, Amanda will share a little bit tomorrow night about her experience with discount divas and some of those moments but they had a moment at one point in time where facebook changed the algorithm and they literally were cut off from auto invoicing for like a while Mm -hmm. and she was she said you know at first it was like i didn't even know what to do i was i was like how long did that last she's like about 30 minutes where i just i didn't i didn't even know what to do next Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know and and you hit those points sometimes especially when you do keep saying yes to things Mm -hmm. um where you're 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 literally in the, you're drowning, you know you're drowning in tasks, and uh, and it's funny when you get to that point, you often have a few minutes or even a few hours or even sometimes days where you almost just stop. You just almost become. It's paralyzed. really hard. It's yeah. It's yeah. really hard not to right. Yeah. Like I would much rather walk away from the pile and yeah. like go work out. And yeah. in my head, that might seem like a solution for right now to clear my head. It's not. I'm gonna come back and right. I'm gonna add all those things right back on my plate. So while I love working out, it is a great de-stressor. It is not going to eliminate your workload. Like, 
you've said yes to all these things. You have all of these obligations. So what do you do? I mean, I'll share like yesterday I had one of those moments where I was physically sitting at my desk and I'm old school. So I write down everything that I need to do every single day, even if it's coming from the same list that was there yesterday. I write it down and I look at it and it was 4.30. I had been at work for nine hours already and I just had to take something off of that list and give it to Emily to do and she's amazing and she's a rock star and she's sitting behind me. And I don't know what I would do without her. But, you know, like I had to give it to her and it was a new task for her. And it's something that's going to be revenue generating for the organization. So it was a little bit scary to pass it off. But if I didn't, you know, I was going to have a come apart. You know, I mean, you can't do everything. Right. So for me to think about that, those moments where there's not there literally are not enough hours in the day to get through everything and the anxiety is high and I'm like having anxiety just thinking about those moments because they're like really real and they happen when you have a lot on your plate pretty often what do you do to get through that because to me like it definitely wasn't worth saying no to my kids yeah just wasn't well and I think I you know I, I do love to speak from a position of failure because one I experience it so much and two I think that that's the best learning lesson for everybody else so that they don't go through the same failures right um, right now it feels like my heart's beating out of the top of my head because I have so much I have to get done today So what are you going to do But on my calendar for today Are you going to work out? Yes. Why? Because You've got shit to do, Matt. Why are you going to work out? <laughs> because I have to. If I don't do that, I will literally lose my mind. So is that self-care for you? Yes. Nothing stands in the way. And you've said before, you're also not allowed to get angry. (laughs) It is that one hour where I can put my phone away and not even think twice about it. Like I really don't. Now, yesterday I did have to push back two different classes to go from my normal four to 630. But that had to happen. Like it had to based on last minute client requests. And I could do that. I had that available time in my night yesterday that I could do that and push it back. Now, my typical schedule is to cut things off, write it for, train, and then I usually go back to work by six o'clock and work for a couple hours, finish up a couple small tasks. There's also no humans bothering me at that time, so I can get a lot done, right? I can schedule emails, I can send things out. Whatever it is finished, I can take a second and breathe. Usually I need about 10 minutes to breathe. So I, I was able to push that back yesterday. Today I don't have that luxury because I've got a board meeting at six o'clock. So after I work out, I've got to rush and change and get to that. Then shortly thereafter, I have got a relationship that I need to make sure that I also take care of. But if work comes up, what happens? It You've de- got a huge order. Yeah, what are you going to do? It, it depends on it depends on the work, and like that's where you have to make those, like I said, a conscious choice yeah. of what what you are going to choose and when to cut it off. Yeah. And you know, I'd say more and more, like I'll be 32 next week. More and more as I age, I do get to a point where I say is that really that important mm-hmm. that you answer it right now? Like, even if it is that big order, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's six o'clock, you know, is, do you have to do that right this very minute? Or is it just on your mind and impending that you have to do it right this very right. minute? Right. But so one thing that I, I do that does help eliminate some of that stress, Tony, is exactly what you said. I start writing down lists and I love like old school post-it notes, like really and truly. Now I do use my iPhone a lot to like put notes in there as well. And I'll create to-do lists in there. Um, and honestly, just committing that thing to paper in a list format and visualizing everything that I have in my head helps because a lot of times it's actually less than what I'm thinking it is, mm-hmm. um, which helps bring down the anxiety and the, how overwhelming it is. You can but also, also too, see what you, somebody else could do. It gives you a starting do, point. Right? You know, Trey, Trey said a lot of times you don't know where a starting point. You look at that and you find the thing you can do first. When you're, yeah. when you're at the overwhelm point, now this is not prioritizing it, when you were at the overwhelm point of you can't figure out what to do next and you put that down on paper, you find the easiest one to accomplish first so you can make some forward action. Yeah. And for me, that is super helpful. And it seems 
goofy, but like you get that little bit of momentum and you feel a little bit better. You cross one thing off the list. Yeah. Maybe it was not the three big things that are, it can be something silly that feel yeah. like live or die items yeah. to you, but it is that little thing that you've, okay, I made a little bit of progress. Well, and there's something about writing stuff down. Um, it can be using an app or whatever too, but a lot of, a lot of times in those cases, I actually do write, write stuff down like Tony does. Um, so that, but there's really something about, for me at least about getting it on a piece of paper and it's kind of like, oh, well, okay, that's a lot, but it somehow it seems like less than it when it was just rattling around my mind as this big amorphous mass. When you get it defined down to, okay, it's these nine things. You yeah, know? And, and at that point, too, you can really take a look at, like, one, once you get that forward momentum and you start to feel a little less compressed, what can I have someone else to do and what does not have to be done right this minute yeah. because like you said everything feels like i need to do it now task but especially when it's in your mind and you have you don't really have ideas of the scope of that thing right yeah. sometimes you're like man i've got to get this done and then it's really not that big of a uh, an ordeal but you yeah. make it into this big ordeal in your head but you put it down on paper and it's either not a priority item at all in comparison to everything else well, yeah, or and, it's and not and as big of a deal as you made well, it out and you say. also stress when it's in your head you're worried about like well, I got to remember to do all this stuff, right? Well, so, okay, now I've captured it on a piece of paper. Okay, well, now, you know, now I'm no longer worried about, like, my brain is not trying to keep that looped till I don't forget it. Now I've got it on a list somewhere, you know, and it just feels feels more organized at that point, I think. Okay, so when I do that then and I can physically see what I have to do, I almost feel like writing it down gives me permission to build in time for self-care. So oh, yeah. like sometimes on the list, go to the gym and run three miles yeah. makes it on the list. If that's the only way it's going to get done. Sometimes my list for work looks a lot like a personal life list. I have mm -hmm. to go grocery shopping. I have to schedule a dentist appointment. I have to call Comcast. It's right there next to do this mail merge, send this newsletter, schedule this event, because it's all the things that I need to get through for today. And there's really no balance. There's no scale there. It's all one line. Well, <laughs> it's all one I, list. Yeah, you know, I, I think, so there's two questions there. One, the, do, do you ever think about like just no time for nothing? No. Because that, I never schedule it in, but as we're sitting here thinking about it a second ago, I was like, you know, if I literally had, 15 to 30 minutes to not do anything like like on my schedule you're not allowed to do anything that i think i would be so relieved yeah i don't know how to do that i, I don't either like I, I have to fill it with something if i if i'm not doing something if I i'm will being honest that sounds dumb that i feel like that sounds really dumb <laughs> it, it does sound <laughs> right? really like, dumb I don't, but i, don't I was like sitting that. here thinking about it as i was listing everything and i was listening to what trey was doing i was like does anybody schedule the time to do nothing? Because I feel like that that is something we all really need to focus on just a little bit more. Emily raised her Emily's hand. kind of smiling even, at me did here. You? I feel like <laughs> Emily, no, because Emily's that smart that she would do something. Well, and I think that's about, you know, a lot of people talk about mindfulness or that's some people's meditative time. Um, and that's some, not something that I practice, but I, I feel like would be so therapeutic because it's, it's, it's a little bit, it's a step above just normal self-care. Like the gym is my self-care for yeah. sure. Um, but also that time to like literally decompress. Um, and and it, I've heard a lot of really high performers uh, and, and I've not really had the discipline to do this because I fall into just like you guys are saying, I, I'm like, well, I got so much time to get this stuff done and you know, I don't want to waste that time or whatever, but I've heard so many folks from, you know, Tony Robbins, uh, Adam Robinson, tons of, I mean, it's just like this crazy list of people, right? Who like Tony Robbins has his mantras or whatever, his 30 minute morning mantra, you know, the people do, 
uh, um, meditation. Uh, some people do prayer and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, and, and I, I've experimented with meditation some and, and take time for prayer or kind of do nothing or whatever. And I think it really does, you know, help. Um, but I, I've, I've not been disciplined enough about it, you know, because the same thing. Uh, uh, but, but you know, I think I, so, I think so many really high performers do it, and, and they all say they feel like it makes their rest of their time. Um, you, but think, I'm not really helping because I, I I don't know how to do it on. Well, and and that's either, and that's so. kind of what I prefaced a second ago is like I love speaking from a position of failure because those of you who are listening, we're not coming from an expert opinion here. We're literally chatting about real world what's going on in our lives, ways to analyze this situation because it's hard. And I th- I think too the biggest pressure point for everybody is not wanting to let someone else down. And those are all those points of contact. Um, and, 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 you know, while we all may not be people pleasers by mentality, like no one ever starts their day and is like, you know what, I'm really gonna let down Tony today. This is gonna be <laughs> awesome. She's gonna ask me to do this thing and I'm gonna tell her there's no freaking way I can do <laughs> Matt, it. Matt, I just stopped texting you at a certain point because I did not want you to feel bad. <laughs> no, so I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you want, you want to appease everybody. You know, Tony connected me with somebody I think two weeks ago that uh, we want to try to get in, get in for a speaker series. And I feel terrible that I still have not been able to schedule a meeting with them until yesterday evening. You know, two weeks I put them off. Hey, what do you have next week, Matt? It probably took me three days to finally get back to respond when I could really take a look at my schedule and make sure I could do it. And I say, I can't do it then. What about the following week? Then when I re-examine that schedule, I can't do it again. How about the following week? Hmm. I just put somebody off two weeks for a meeting. But in my brain, I need to do this now. Yeah. But then when I really step back, I'm like, we're talking about February. February, I've got plenty of time in the world. Mm-hmm. Like making time to actually be present in that meeting and make sure that I can give them my time and my yeah. energy is important. Yeah. More important than me doing the meeting now. Right. Yeah. And, right. and I think that's, you've got to let that pressure off ourselves sometimes. Like, especially for you go getters and entrepreneurs, you're going to run yourself as hard as possible, as fast as possible. Again, speaking from experience, like I always want to do it as fast as possible because it gets it out of the way so we can go to the next thing. But sometimes it's not the now that matters. It's it's the quality of the task. Right. Yeah. It's and, that, and, it's and you hit on that a second ago again with the quality of, thing, of being right? with family. Yeah. It's that, you know, like there's a lot of things, family, your kids, your spouse or, or your friends or, or, or whatever. Sometimes it's just tasks in your core business, right, that like they're really important. But they're not going to come, you know, bang you over the head to be like, hey, you better pay attention to me today. You know, that's on you to realize that they're important. And then there's all these other little tiny things that aren't that important that they're all up in your inbox, right? Like, Yeah, and, and I think that when you don't, like, really make measure that you're going to be available, mentally available too. I mean, the other day my girlfriend was like, you're not here right now. And I, I literally had my phone across the room. Like it wasn't like I was doing something else. I just mentally was checked out into all the things that I had to get done or whatever else. And I was doing the, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so, like uh, I'm not, I'm not comprehending what you're telling me. I'm trying <laughs> to listen. Like I'm not trying to be a jerk. I just, I, I, I'm not mentally here. So it doesn't do me any good to spend the time if it's not that so, quality time. So, and that happens with me and my kids. Right. And I was just talking um, to someone earlier today about a tool that, I got from Haiti Pippins when she came to talk to us at co-working night earlier this year. And this is really helpful for parents, moms especially, because we cannot turn off mom mode. Like there's just, unless I'm here, if, as soon as I'm with my kids, I am in mom mode. Um, and they are needy. Those little people are very needy. Um, but she gave me a tool. She said, you can tell your kids that you're busy. 
And I find that when I start to do that with them, uh-huh, yeah, go over there, get it yourself. No, you can't go outside. Put that down. Don't kill your sister. Um, <laughs> that kind of thing. That it, there's a lot of tension between the two of us. Um, so I think any time that you aren't fully present and you can't acknowledge that. So now what I do is I tell my kids, I, I use this tool that Haiti gave me. I tell my kids, mom is working. Mom needs a minute to think. Go entertain yourself. You don't need me right now. You're going to be fine for two minutes. Nothing you're asking me for is important. You've had a gallon of milk today. You don't need another <laughs> cup right now. And I really need to work through what I'm thinking about. It's amazing how receptive they can be. And it's amazing how preventative it is for now we're not arguing now we're not fighting and I've had the two three minutes I need to think or to send the email or to finish the stupid Facebook comment or whatever it may be that I'm working on it's not more important but it needs to get put out of the way so that I can be fully present in those moments or else you're just gonna keep sweeping it under the rug Right, or you're going to argue, or there's going to be tension, and yeah, it happens and that's with such kids. A good but really analogy, good I think, to like the rest of life too, right? Uh, I recently read uh, Essentialism. You know, Brandon has mentioned that a couple times. You know, he talks a lot about the similar kind of principles with people at your work or other people, you know, asking for things, right? Like you're a lot better off to to say no and then do what you're doing all the way, and then people know that when you say yes, you're doing that all the way instead of kind of. I mean, I'm, I've got like four kids running around the house and I know exactly what you're talking about. Of, it's really easy to do a lot of things that way. Just mm -hmm. kind of halfway answer. They don't let you off the hook. Yeah. They know when you're not yeah. <laughs> really answering. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're, they're not going to. And so does your girlfriend, away. Matt, FYI. Well, and you know, the other <laughs> night, like it was like 1030 at night when I left work and had to go home and finish a couple other things. But yeah. like my home office is where I like really sit down and I, I'm surrounded by no one bothering me and like it's just kind of my place of solitude so yeah. I can really do some deep thinking to get things done like prepare for the week and this is Sunday night I really need to prepare for the week um, because like I said I had already discovered that I need to give my my team at Absolute Nutrition more of my time like I really like thoughtful time mm -hmm. and uh, so I had these things on my brain I had this task list too that I had to create for the production manager at Lab. And I, I just told her, you know, we got on the phone. I said, hey, sorry, just left work. Checked in with her for a few minutes. And I said, you know what? I, I've really got to let you go because I've got to get home and finish the stuff that's on my brain before I get distracted and lose it all. Mm -hmm. And I felt bad doing that. And the phone conversation was kind of cut short. And I, I felt like I was being a jerk. But I felt so much better that I was able to get home and finish my tasks off and start Monday fresh, feeling prepared, than the extra 10-minute phone call that I would not have been present for. And it might have then thrown me into a loop of forgetting what I was trying to get done. And so it, it was it was a kind of a realization to me that like, yeah, exactly what you said. Like, mom is busy right now. Mom will be with you in a minute. You right. know, taking that kind of attitude of telling someone you're busy versus giving them non-present time and, and not no thoughtfulness in your communication is much better. Yeah. Drawing the, that hard line, I think. Yeah. And the one thing that. I, it makes me think about that I would, you know, last thing from Tony today that I wanted to share with listeners is I think the key to work-life balance, if there really is such a thing, is being honest with yourself about the commitments that you're making and the actual time mm -hmm. that will go into you being successful and making those commitments. Sometimes you do just need to say no um, altogether or not right now um, so that you can do a better job whenever the time is right. And it's just in that example again of like when you were with your girlfriend or when I'm with my kids, 
being honest with them, being honest with your partner and saying, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something that's going to take me two years and it's going to be massive. And at the end of it, it's going to be awesome and exciting. Then I'm all yours, but it's two years and I need you all in behind me all the way. And if it doesn't happen in two years, back to the drawing board, I promise, right? If that's what it is, be honest with yourself about it. Um, ask them to be in it with you, set those expectations ahead of time. And you know what, maybe it's not a two year startup project. Maybe it's a half day where you have to go back to the office. Hey, I'm gonna be in my home office for the second half of Sunday. I'm not answering my phone. I love you, we'll do dinner on Monday, but I can't even talk, not even for a short, short time because I need to be 100% focused on this. And then that person knows. And it's the same thing for if you're gonna be on a board, right? Like. I can't be the chair of this committee because I don't have the time to spend on it. So, um, you know, if you're if you are trying to build in meaningful time in, in your life to be successful, being honest with yourself about the actual amount of time and commitment that really goes along with that. Yes, I think is the key to to protecting yourself. I think that's really good because I think we all have this really bad tendency. I don't know exactly what to call it, but we underestimate the time required. We underestimate the money required. I mean, it's just, it's like, it's like science, right? Like, it, you know, you go to build a house, it's going to take like twice as long as you think. And it's going to cost like 50% more than you think and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, actually be honest with yourself about how much time it's really going to take to do it right. It's mm-hmm. not just going to be an hour a month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's good perspective, up. Trey, because the other day I kind of did like a little analysis of myself at that. And I'm like, man, you move really fast. Like you got all these things done in this much time. How much would this take a normal person that would work at a normal pace? (laughs) And when I realized it was way outside the realm of the capability of time that I have, I was like, something's got to change. Yeah. There's no way that you can just continue to keep this pace up forever, first of all. And second of all, like this, if this is more than what one person can normally do, what, what are you doing that's made for multiple people? Like, why, (laughs) why are you handling it all? You know, I I think at a certain point, you also have to ask yourself, like, what's really important to me, right? Like, like, do you take that, that that step back and spend an afternoon or a couple hours doing nothing or whatever, or give yourself, because you don't, you're so busy, you don't have space to even think, right? Like, you can't think clearly because you're, you know, you're just going from thing to thing. But we all kind of, we say we say yes as we're going through and like weeks, months, years have passed, whatever. And we kind of wake up in the middle of this tangle of all this stuff. And you don't know how you got there. You don't know what is really, um, what you really want to be doing or spending your time on or whatever. So, you know, I, I think it's really worthwhile to... Um, you know, take a real step back, even if you got to take, take a whole day to do it, you know, like what, what, what's really important to me for that to, for me to achieve the result with that, that I want to achieve, how much time is it really going to take to achieve that? Mm -hmm. And, And how do I start living more intentionally and less just reacting to all the stuff that is, so, you know, so would you say then like finding a true, work-life balance or just life balance altogether is being happy with the way that you're balancing things? Yeah, I would definitely say that. I, Rather I, than knowing that it's a 60-40 time split or all the percentages and statistics in the world don't matter, it's how yeah. you feel that yeah. you're happy. Yeah, if, like if you're happy and your life goal is to like be 100% work and like, you know, make millions or billions of dollars, like, man, have at it, right? Like, and I've often thought to myself, probably the happiest, like most successful, truly successful person in the world is probably someone none of us have ever heard of. It's not Steve Jobs or whatever, you know, it's somebody who's just truly happy 
like they, they set out to achieve the result they wanted and they got that they got to that place in their life you know what i mean like everybody thinks about richard branson but what if he's like some what if he's like a serial gambler right that like he, he just can't stop starting companies or whatever you know what i mean like uh um well and i, I, I don't know to me a lot of people are chasing this like fame and fortune because they think it's going to make them happy and i don't know that you have to have all those things to be happy and to me being being successful is just being happy and having the life that you want you don't have to you don't have to be Elon Musk. Yeah, you know? and I think, you know, it, it's goofy as this sounds, but, you know, I watched The Hitman's Bodyguard again the other day. If, I don't know if you've seen that movie. I've not seen that one. But it's hilarious. Samuel L. Jackson and Ryan Reynolds. Anyways, so out. at one point he talks, He's you know, Samuel L. Jackson is going on and on about love, and he's like, well, what do you know about love, you know? And he tells him that it doesn't matter if I can make this perfect headshot through a, a tiny little window into this, you know, Japanese arm dealers head. If I can't tell Sonya about it at the end of the day, you know, and it's just, it goes back to like, what does anything matter if you can't share it with somebody for, for a lot of people, right? Having, having that family or relationship that they can share those things with. Otherwise, what was the point? Yeah. Now, if they are just focused on the money and things and that's what they want to do, that's fine too. Um, the, mo the money doesn't always equate to the hours, right? It's not a direct correlation there, but it, it is all about what your happiness lies on. And so, I think so, that, so I, I think if you don't, you need to have some idea. You're not going to know exactly how you're going to get there, but you need to have some idea of where you're wanting to drive the car. You know what I mean? If you're like wanting to go to the beach, you probably want to start driving south, you know, and you, you might not know all the roads you're going to take to get there or even exactly what beach town you want to go to, but you, you need to at least figure out where do I want to be, you know, and start working on getting there. Because um, it's really easy to just kind of not really think about where you want to be, and you're just out driving, right? You're just like, oh, well, this left turn looks good. I'm going to take this left turn, and now I'm going to take this right turn. And and you're driving, so you're making progress, right? Yeah, you feel right. like you're making yeah. progress. You you're might clicking get off, lost. The, the odometer's yeah. going up. You're clicking off miles, you know, but you're really putting a bunch of wear and tear on the car, and are you really getting any closer to where you want to go? And um, are you in the car alone? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, then, you know, that, that's tough to um, – um, that's tough to do something on your own, you know. Um, it, it, and that, that's really, to me, so much the values urban engine events, right? And, and I think so much the key to a lot of this stuff. Tony's talked about it, too, like communicating with friends who are entrepreneurs, communicating with a partner, girlfriend, whatever, you know, having people that, like, know what's going on with you and are going to be like, you know, hey, Matt, I know you're having a really busy time. Are you okay? You know, is there anything you want to talk about? Um, you know, because uh, – it's, it's, it's all the stuff, you know, it's tough to deal with on your own. And you can kind of get in some weird, uh, we talked about the suicide thing earlier, you can get in some weird head places when you're by yourself. You don't have somebody there knowing what's going on with you. So. Yeah, you're burnt out. You haven't done anything for self-care in two and a half years. You haven't taken a vacation. You're not eating right. You're not even thinking about exercising. I mean, it's it's kind of um, it's kind of scary and I you know, we've talked about this offline a couple times and it's something that, you know, for me as sort of a mother <laughs> to um, the community that we have here, I think of myself in that way sometimes. I really worry about folks. Um, I really worry about whether or not, you know, even you maybe out there listening as a listener is taking care of yourself and prioritizing self-care if you're not writing it down on your notepad or making sure you have that 4 p.m. workout group that's waiting for you to show up and they will notice if you're not there building those times in or going to even just going to co-working night every Wednesday maybe you're not even showing up for a workshop but 
people noticing whether or not you're doing those things or giving yourself an outlet to be around other people is just so, so important and it is going to help you persevere. So really you need to prioritize it as an entrepreneur so that you don't fall apart along the way and you can get to where you're going. Um, so just, you know, if just do that, if you're listening, just make sure you do something, anything, go to the same restaurant (laughs) on Tuesday mornings. (laughs) It, It really just get yourself in a routine where you, you have outlets um, because, because I think, again, that's the key to work-life balance is just making sure that you have those little things that, that keep you in routine, that keep you in line. You see the people that care about you. you will notice if you're not there, know enough of what's going on to like check in and see how it's going and root for you and commiserate, commiserate along the way, whether it's a friend, a partner, your kid, um, whoever it needs to be, it's just super important. Um, but beyond that, I really do think that work-life balance is pretty much a myth. Yeah, there is, there's no true balance. And I believe Haiti Pippins told me the exact same thing before. Like there is no balance. It's not, it's not a balancing act and that balance will change, but it is having, you know, the happiness doing what you're doing Mm -hmm. and making sure that you're, you feel fulfilled at the end of the day and happy about what you're doing and how you're doing it. Totally. And if you don't feel that way, you know, you'd start thinking about something else to do, you know? Absolutely. Um, and it's okay to go through some disarray from time to time. Like sometimes that may be a couple of weeks. Sometimes that might be an entire freaking season <laughs> uh, and it might be a year or two. Like I've been through those years of it, you know, but I think at some, at some point you've got to realize like, you've got to come back to that true North. Like what does leave you feeling happy about the balance between all of the things that are going on in, in your life? Um, and that's where you've found that balance that we always talk about. Yeah, yeah totally. Sure. Like, you know, uh, come back to some of the other stuff talked about, um, you know, I, like there's times where you're going to have to kind of sprint, you know, there's times you're going to have to kind of chew glass. You're going to have to do things you don't want to do, or, um, you've got to kind of, uh, tell your partner, Hey, I've got to, you know, whatever, I've got to be all in on this thing for a while or whatever. But, um, so, you know, there's going to be times when you're not happy, but, uh, I think the main thing is to make sure those are temporary, you know, and that mm-hmm. you're working toward mm-hmm. a better place. So, um, I think it's probably about time for us to wrap up and move to a better Absolutely. place. Absolutely. <laughs> this actually went on. This is a great topic, though. I mean, I'm really glad we had to yeah, cover we it could extensively. Yeah, we probably talk about this another hour. But, uh, yeah, because yeah, no. we've danced around it a couple times where we've said, yeah, and that's why work-life balance is so important, right? But I think it was good that we spent the time today really tactically opening up and talking about what it actually looks like for Matt, Trey, and Tony. If well, it even exists at all. Well, and for those of you that are wondering, like, why you can't get it together or, like, that you're in this disarray and you just think that you're doing it wrong, like, it just has to come back down to, like, solving one thing at a time and figuring out where you would like to be. Yeah. And then and making strides towards that direction, like Trey said, like, driving to the south, to the beach, if that's where you want to go, like, making sure you're headed in the direction towards where you want to be, not just heading, headed in a direction. Um, and I don't equate that to the quite the same as busyness versus productivity that most people talk about. I just think it's really knowing where you want to head. Mm-hmm. So, guys, thanks again for listening in. Uh, we'll join you again next time. Bye. See you guys.